get ready to throw perfection out the window because you're tuned in to the Honestly Imperfect podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Penhorwood, and I'm a marketing coach and the founder of Harper Collective, where I help business owners master their PR and simplify their marketing. Each week, we'll be unlocking valuable tips to up-level your business and sharing honest conversations with entrepreneurs to uncover their stories and wisdom to inspire you to take action. Now let's dive into this week's episode. to the Honestly Imperfect podcast. Today we're having a conversation all about toxic positivity and we are joined by Afia Salter who is a mindset and manifestation coach and host of the Manifest Edit podcast. Afia's mission is centered around empowering ambitious women to stop playing small, confidently manifest their desires and create extraordinary lives. After being orphaned at just 14, Fear desperately wanted to create a normal life. However, the older that she got, she realized that normal actually wasn't going to cut it. She wanted more. Afia went from battling chronic illness, anxiety and depression to moving overseas from Scotland to Australia and manifesting the extraordinary life that she lives today. Afia now dedicates her life to empowering others to break out of normal and into extraordinary too. In this episode, we delve into the pivotal moments in Afia's life that led her to the work that she does today, how toxic positivity can show up in our day-to-day lives, and the powerful antidote that Afia recommends that we use when it shows up. This is such a good episode that is jam-packed with so much goodness, so I can't wait for you to tune in, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Honestly Imperfect podcast, Afia. I am so happy to have you here today and I'm so excited to delve into this topic with you. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our chat. So can you tell us a little bit more about the amazing work that you do in the world? Of course. So hello, I'm Afia. I'm a mindset and manifestation coach and podcast host of the Manifest Edit podcast. And really my mission centers around helping women to manifest their extraordinary lives. And a huge part of that is to just stop settling for life, but to actively a participant in, well, what do I actually want to create for myself? Releasing the shoulds or the need to be's or supposed to be's and what do I want and what do I want to create and who do I want to be in that process as well? That sounds so good. And I think as well, like this work is constant. I don't think there's any like set level that we get to where we go, that's it. Like I've got it in the bag. I'm done now. Like even, you know, this morning I was like, you know, I really need to shift my mindset. And, you know, you go into your toolkit and you go, okay, let's use this to just reset the day. So I think, yeah, no matter what level of business or life you're at, this work is just so important. I totally agree. And yesterday, actually, I was at the gym and I was at my PT session and my PT secretly ripped. I know, <laughs> you know, would you, would you ever hire a personal trainer? Like I get so much value from what you give to me. He's like, yeah, absolutely. I'm just in the process of hiring a personal trainer right now. And, you know, despite wherever you're at in your journey, you can always make use of tools, resources, even other people to help you get that step further and to also illuminate your blind spots as well. So were there any pivotal moments in your life that inspired you to step into the work that you do today? Yeah, all of it. (laughs) I think all of it. But yeah, in terms of a few key moments is that I was actually orphaned at age 14. I grew up without parents outside of my family. We actually grew up with a family friend. 
And really that experience of cultivating my identity as a black Scottish woman with no parents from that age really did have a profound impact on my life. And the mentors and the people that I had in my life inspiring me, whether that was teachers, university lecturers, family friends who were stepping in to do the role of things I assume that your parents would help you do. So many different people helped me on my journey to becoming the woman that I am today and seeing just how powerful that network of people you have and also seeing the flip side of what it looks like when you don't have it. I was asked to go into this care home and speak when I was in my second last year of uni and they'd asked me to go to kind of motivate these kids that were in this care home to inspire them to say, hey, it's actually possible for you. Look, here's someone like you doing amazing things. And so I was really excited to go there to speak to them and to inspire them. And then when I got there, there was meant to be 20 kids And out of the 20, there was one person there. And when I spoke to that one person, I spoke to the other people at the care home. They were like, no one believes in us. We're not going to have the money to do this. We don't have the support. Like, this isn't possible for us. So why would we come to a talk about this when this is never, you know, it's never been on the cards for us. And that really showed me, you know, my life could have really gone a different way. So now in my work, having the ability to mentor and empower people, knowing that that not only makes a difference in their life, but in the lives of all the people that surround them and people that you will never even encounter, you've just inspired them by being yourself. I think that's really a gift. And was there anyone that really inspired you in that journey and any sort of like words of wisdom that you were given that shifted your mindset and your direction? So I had a teacher who really, and it's funny because we didn't get off to a good start. We initially had our first encounter through her giving me a month's detention, but we actually, (laughs) (laughs) I was a bit naughty to begin with at school. You know, I was one of those kids who was really smart, but I pretended that I didn't care about school and actually I secretly did, but I just wanted to be seen as cool. I think she kind of saw that in me and that month of detention really inspired me to kind of wind my head in and actually that it's, it's okay to be smart. And she really took on a mentorship role in inspiring me to, you know, really, because she also taught history as well. So to really find subjects I was passionate about, she helped me with my exam prep. She helped me write my personal statement to get into uni and she just really inspired me to do be and have more and I always think about her fondly and one of the things she did for me actually was for my 15th birthday she made me this paper birthday card and put happy birthday Afia on the whiteboard and that's something like I always remember and I still have that birthday card and those shoddily stuck on balloons and it means so much to me so yeah you know seemingly insignificant events I'm sure she doesn't sit thinking about that one day I wrote the birthday card for Afia but it meant so much to me And definitely people at uni as well. I definitely had time where I struggled with my mental health and meeting with my uni tutors and lecturers. And I didn't really feel like I could tell them how I was feeling. And one of my friends actually encouraged me to share with them. And, you know, I had a couple of tutors who took me out to lunch and I shared how I was feeling. They were like, we had no idea this was going on. How can we make this easier for you to get through? And one of my tutors even, I had tried to get counseling through the uni and they were like, no, there's like a year waiting list. Sorry, we're not going to be able to make it happen. And I had that talk with my tutor and then next week they were like we've got you into counseling so yeah so many people have had such a profound impact on my life that there were probably too many to name and I love that note about the birthday card because I think that's something I've really been thinking about as well is you know sometimes in order to make an impact in someone's life it doesn't have to be a big grand gesture it can actually be something really simple but really meaningful and 
I think that's such a good takeaway is that, you know, anyone listening today, you can impact someone's life. Like even as small as this morning, I got my coffee and when I got home and I put it on my desk, I realized that they had written on it, have a lovely day. And I was like, oh, like that's so sweet. Like that took, you know, two seconds, but it made me smile. So I think there's really a beautiful message in that as well. And today I wanted to chat to you about toxic positivity and you're an expert in this area. So I'm going to have you break down what that means to you and how that might be showing up in our day-to-day lives. So toxic positivity is something that I definitely see a lot of within the line of work that I'm in and also in spiritual communities. And really it's adopting this level of positivity where you have to approach everything with happiness and joy. And if you're feeling sad, that's bad. And you don't get to manifest what you want unless you're happy and unless your vibration is high 100% of the time. And that you have to essentially lie about how you're truly feeling, suppress how you're truly feeling and just come across as things are all good and going well when they're not. And, you know, when we say that we're feeling positive and it's not how we're truly feeling, it causes this disconnect within you where you almost feel this distrust against yourself, where you don't allow yourself to properly express your emotions. And when you don't allow yourself to properly express your emotions, contrary to popular belief, they don't disappear. You're actually just causing them to fester and they're either going to come out in an explosive manner or they're going to come out in subtle, like discreet ways that you probably won't even relate to the fact that you're hiding your true feelings from yourself. So on the surface, it may look like a good thing or sound like a good thing to be positive about everything. When you're denying your human experience, when you're denying the depths of how you really feel, I don't think there's anything truly positive about that. Mm. And in your work and working with people that you work with, is there any like common ways that you see it pop up? Yes, is people having these certain occurrences that happen to them and being like, oh, I know I should feel this way or saying that they feel, you know, I'm just trying to look for the bright side. I'm just like trying to look for the best in every situation, which is good. Of course, we should look for that in situations. But also there's something to be said for just allowing yourself to feel how you truly feel in the moment and to let yourself process that. If you're having a day where you just feel like you need a bad day to let yourself have that. And in actually experiencing it, what happens is rather than prolonging the situation and feeling like you're living in that state of despair or sadness or anger, or whatever that emotion is, you actually get to move through it a lot quicker. And I think one that like I hear pop up a lot and I find that even my parents say it and it wasn't until I found out about it that I went, actually, like that should shift. One of the most common ones is like, oh, like someone else has it worse than me. So I should just be happy. And you could be going through like a really traumatic experience. And I think that was a big shift for me. And like, no, you can validate how you feel in that moment while still being compassionate for other people, but you don't have to disregard your own emotions because other people have it worse. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one, like minimizing that, you know, there's always going to be someone who has it worse and there's always going to be someone who has it better. Mm. Do you believe that having self-awareness is sort of a key to helping us work through this toxic positivity if it does show up? Yeah, I think having that degree of self-awareness is really important. And 
also to take responsibility for how you feel, but in doing that, do it through a lens of self-compassion, not that you are blaming yourself, but that you say like, yeah, you know what, this is how I'm feeling at the moment. I need to sit with it for a moment or I'm going to work through it. And just knowing that you have the power to change your situation and you have the power to make different choices if you want to. And what are some of the impacts if we are resisting our emotions and how do we even actually know that we're doing that? Like, is there some sneaky ways that it might pop up? Yes. So if you are, you know, on the surface and you feel like I need to be high vibration, I need to be high vibration. And what a lot of people attribute being high vibration to is to being almost having transcended all your inner commas negative emotions and just being happy so when people are like oh I know this isn't a very high vibrational thing to say or a very high vibrational thing to do for me being high vibration looks like being true to myself and being true to myself is experiencing a wide range of emotions and knowing that I'm having a human experience as well other ways that it might show up is feeling like resentment towards yourself and feeling annoyed at yourself or feeling guilt or shame around emotions when they come up or being like I'm not supposed to feel this way Mm. and what are some ways if we do go you know what like I'm actually not feeling a hundred percent What are some ways that we can support ourselves to, I guess, get into a better, a better space? Is there some tools that we can add to our toolkit? I always think that moving your body and giving those emotions a chance to move through you is really powerful, whether that's going to the gym, going for a walk, shaking your body, dancing, actually giving yourself a chance to release those emotions physically. And then on the other side, it's doing this mindset work to say, well, why is this coming up for me and what am I going to do about it? And that process of self-inquiry through either meditation or a practice like journaling as well. Mm. We always love to celebrate imperfection here. So I would love a little peek into your week and to know if there's an imperfect action that you've taken recently that you would love to celebrate with us. So actually, (laughs) just yesterday I was um, walking home from my PT session. I was like, oh, I'm so hungry and I can't really be bothered to cook when I get home. So of all my restaurant choices I had to go to, I went to McDonald's and I'm eating my bag of McDonald's and walk back to the tram. And this woman comes up to me, she's like, oh my goodness, you look amazing. You're my fit spot. I'm like, ignore the bag of McDonald's I'm eating right now. (laughs) Ignore this. It was delicious though. It was worth it. Absolutely. It's so funny. We just had an episode come out the other week and it's all about how to embrace the silly season and why like it's totally okay to have that extra piece of cake. So I'm so glad that you shared that story. (laughs) And where can listeners come to connect with you and to find out more about the work that you do? So you can connect with me on Instagram at Afiaselta underscore. You can check out my podcast, the Manifest Edit podcast. And I also run a free five-day virtual manifestation retreat. So you can check this out by heading to afiaselta.com forward slash freebie. And really throughout those five days, we go into my five-step method for aligned manifestation and how to implement and integrate it into your life. Amazing. And is there anything that you're really looking forward to next year that you're really excited about? Yes, traveling. So if you are based outside of Australia and you've had the freedom to travel for the past two years, lucky you. I haven't left the country since 2019. And I think since March, 2020, it's not 
been possible to leave the country. And as I'm a temporary resident in Australia, it's actually not possible for me to leave until the 1st of December. So like just knowing that I can go places again is so exciting and so exhilarating to me because I used to spend like two to three months of the year every year abroad. So it has actually been quite a big piece of my life. And my sister's getting married overseas in Portugal next year. So I'm like, yes, I can actually come. I can start thinking about these plans now. It's real. Oh, that's so exciting. Do you have a destination that you're going to go to first? I'm definitely going to be in Portugal, obviously go home to the UK to see some friends. I want to go to Italy, to France, to Greece. I have like, it's been my dream to do a Euro trip for a really long time. And I feel like now that I'm finally getting to do it, I want to do everything. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be following along because that sounds amazing. (laughs) Yes, yes. All all the Instagram inspo. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I've loved our chat. Yeah, thank you for having me. Speak soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love if you could leave a review or share a screenshot to Instagram and tag at Honestly Imperfect Podcast so that I can pop on over and say hello. I can't wait to connect with you again soon.